0: Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast
1: of Journey Church International. Thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Ryan, and I have the honor to host this uh, podcast with Pastor Christian. Uh, Sunday was uh, message one in a new series titled, Jesus and Lessons in Faith. We're in Matthew 8. We were in Matthew 7 for a long time. Great great lessons in there. Now we're in Matthew 8. The message is called, He's Willing. Uh, welcome to many of you listening. Uh, we're really glad you have found this podcast. Maybe it was recommended by a friend. We'd encourage you. Uh, each week we kind of talk about the sermon, how to apply it. So if you want to look uh, at the um, JCI app or the website, you can find this message and watch it. It'll give you some real practical information as well from Pastor Christian's message. We're glad you're here and our hopes are that we can activate your faith. Uh, Pastor Christian, this upcoming week is Youth Camp and we're excited uh, to head out of town. Can you, can you talk about how God has utilized Youth Camp to change the lives of so many kids and adults over the years?
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll do that, Ryan, but I won't specifically talk about Youth Camp because youth camp is youth camp is the environment youth camp is the shell but the heart of what is happening is people are stopping their lives to spend time with Jesus and their spiritual community and you can call it vacation bible school you can call it youth camp you can call it a mission trip you can just call it being super intentional as a follower of Jesus whenever you put him first like as a follower of Jesus any four days of your life, you start your day in the Word of God, in worship, in Bible study, and then you spend your meals in your afternoon hanging out with spiritual community, and then you go have more worship, and then you have more Bible study, and then you spend your evening talking about what God is doing in your soul. You do those activities four days in a row with your spiritual community, Anywhere in the world, and you can, you can call it whatever you want. What's happening is people are putting God first, and Jesus just told us in Matthew 6 that if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything in your life is gonna fall into order. And that's what happens at youth camp. Not because we're at youth camp. Not because we're in Florida. Not because we're at the beach. Not because the church is awesome. Anytime any follower of Jesus prioritizes the word of God, their spiritual community, the worship of God, contemplation over what God is doing in their life all day, every day for four days. Anytime anyone does it, whether it's at the monastery on top of a mountain or in Panama City Beach, Florida with our church, God's going to move in, in wonderful ways. Uh, my, my life, um, the two greatest spiritual, spiritual impacts in my life, um, came as a result of being engaged in a youth camp revival type atmosphere. In 1998, sharing my testimony at GOTEL camp, uh, at Liberty University where, you know, we, we used to take our kids to GOTEL camps early in our, early in our church. God really called me out of a life of lukewarm, worldly living to a life of ministry. Uh, and then 12 years later, the same mountain in the same room at the same camp, go tell camp, God called me from a position that I was at in a church I was serving at to start a church. So those kind of revival moments when you when you kind of clear everything out of your life and just focus on Jesus, uh, I believe Jesus speaks every day like he speaks at youth camp. We just pay a whole lot more attention when we're at youth camp. So a lot more gets through. So uh, I'm thrilled that so many parents... Are allowing their kids to spend a week with us I'm thrilled that so many adult leaders Are spending a week with us uh, And I'm ex- I'm excited from my heart to, to go be a part of spiritual community Worship Learning and teaching the word of God all day every day God's going to do something special in my life Or give me an opportunity To do something special in ministry In the life of somebody else Just because we're there focused on Jesus And Jesus says When
1: you put me first Seek me first Everything else falls into place Seems to always happen that way Great point. I'm glad you uh, presented it that way because we don't want people to think as they listen that, well, gosh, if I don't go to a youth camp, I'm I'm never going to be able to have big spiritual strides in their life. Certainly, that happens. It happened in my life, but you can do that here. You can take a spiritual week to say, "I really speak to me, connect with me."
0: Um, and, and Ryan, I, I would say for anyone listening, because we have we have listeners um, all over the country, you know, s- sometimes all over the world who are who are not a part of our church in person. You need to know, if you're a regular listener of Active, of the Activate podcast, you need to come on a missions trip with us to Guatemala. You need to come on a missions trip with us to Israel. You need, you, you say, I want something like that. I'm not a part of our church, a church that does it. You sure are. If you listen to this podcast, you're a part of our ministry. We would love to have you and maybe one of your friends or family members come along and serve Jesus. You can have the experience I just mentioned with our church. If your church doesn't do it and you're and you're a regular listener of our podcast, just just reach out and let us know um, when you're ready, or jump on our website, take the journey. go to that events page and figure out when our what our next mission trip opportunities are.
1: Yeah, great, great wisdom. Uh, I hope those uh, who are listening will take advantage of that. The series' premise is to learn some key lessons of faith that we will need to help us follow a teacher named Jesus whose teaching has captured our hearts. What do you hope to, to tattoo to the hearts and minds of our listeners over the next several weeks through this series? So the same thing that Matthew was trying to accomplish is he writes his gospel.
0: He gives us these three chapters of Jesus' teaching that absolutely captivates the audience that he has like when he when he ended they were amazed at who he was and the spiritual authority he tried to carry but like he didn't say the end see you later like he said the end now follow me and the question has to be how i want to but i don't know how to i want to but i don't think i can this series in matthew chapter 8 is going to show us If we want to follow Jesus but don't know how to, if we want to follow Jesus but don't think we can, it shows us how to begin to develop the faith by understanding the heart of God, by understanding our absolute need for a Savior, by understanding the costs of following Jesus that we should know about beforehand, and the tests that will come in following Jesus, by knowing about the restoration that will happen in our life and the wrecks that following Jesus will cause in our life, like... It just teaches us the how-to now. Like, Jesus has told us who to become. He's told us how to behave. He's told us what to believe. Now he's going to show us how to follow. That is the goal of this series, learning how to develop the faith to understand who God is and who we are and what Christianity looks like so we can follow well.
1: It's going to be a great series, and I'm glad we're continuing on. That's message 31 or 32 in this uh, in this series thirty
0: one in the Sermon on the Mount yeah, now we're in message thirty two of of the book of Matthew, and that doesn't include Matthew
1: one two three and four that we've just loosely walked through so much great content um, and helping us understand this interaction with the leper in Matthew eight one through four you reference Old Testament law found in Leviticus thirteen in my opinion, this is one of the most moving actions of Jesus. I love this scene. Uh, Based on this Old Testament law you reference, how how do you think this impacted the Pharisees who would have heard about this? So I think they would have thought Jesus lost his mind.
0: And I think they probably would have been offended at the leper. And I think they would have been insecure as spiritual leaders. And let me unpack that just a little bit. So, So I learned a lot about leprosy in studying for this message. I think one of the things that I learned that um, that stood out the most to me after 2020 and 2021 is according to Jewish law 2,000 years ago, if you had leprosy, you had to stay six feet away from people at all times and you had to cover your mouth. And it's like, wow. wow. I don't know a year and a half ago if I would have... Understood what a, what it would have felt like to live in a world where you had to stay six feet away from everyone and wear a mask. Yet that was, that was the world of lepers, which means in large part we have kind of the last year and a half lived our life treating everyone like they have had leprosy and being treated like we have leprosy. So I, I thought that was fascinating. But because of that and because of the highly, highly contagious Nature of leprosy, like you not only you didn't get near someone who had leprosy because you you could you could catch it. Uh, it, it was an airborne virus. You could catch it from somebody's um, words or spit or them breathing on you. But if you touch someone, I mean you were you were going to get this disease that had no cure. And that would eventually kill you. But it would it would isolate you before it would kill you, but eventually it would kill you. So lepers were not allowed to enter any city that had a wall. We talked about that, which means they could never go to Jerusalem, which means they could never go to the temple. They were not allowed to even stick their head in the doorway of a house. If they stuck their head in the doorway of the house, the house would become unclean. And if they found out there was any kind of lingering leprosy, they would just like tear it down. They weren't allowed to live in any type of community. No one would, would ever touch them. They had to announce themselves while standing far away. If they were standing with their backs to the wind, they had to stay 150 feet away from people instead of six feet away from people. So like their whole life is lived in this... Painful isolation. So you say, what Why do, what do I think the Pharisees would have felt? Um, well, I think they would have been blown away by Jesus because Jesus uh, not only allowed this man to come up and kneel before him, but he touched him. Like he reached out and touched this man, which meant not unless Jesus had the longest arms in the history of the world, which meant this man was both inside of six feet of Jesus, And Jesus wasn't afraid of him. So it would have caused the Pharisees to kind of like lose their mind. Nobody does that. At the same time, I said it it would have caused them um, to be spiritually insecure because they would have had to have thought, you know, we're spiritual leaders and either something about the way we do things or something about who we are, like lepers never approach us for help. Like I I think if they would have considered it like Nicodemus considered things like like he seriously thought about his own faith. I think they I think they there would have been some insecurity thinking man all these years I've never had a leper ask me to pray for them. What is it about this guy that draws people to him and what is it about me that seems untouchable or unapproachable? We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. How, how do I become more like Jesus? Where people who realize in their soul that they are seen as filthy to the religious establishment still feel loved by the religious establishment? I, th- I think for the well-meaning Pharisees, that insecurity would have had to cre- had to have creeped in to think Jesus has got something different going on than I do spiritually. Which allows him to minister to maybe more people than I, than I could minister to. So I, I think there would have been this thought blown away because Jesus allowed him within a six foot circle. Jesus touched him. Um, but then I think maybe, you know, maybe a little uh, insecurity on the, on the back end um, of just who Jesus was and who they were and the massive gap between those two things.
1: That leads into the next question. The life track, one of our discipleship tracks is where we teach people how to how to apply what they're learning right apply what they learn in a sermon in a, in their bible to their lives um in your message you talk about how the leper was not able to to go to the temple to worship you just reference that again because of the restrictions put on uh where they could go and and how far they had to stay away from people as many people are aware right I've shared it before I was a pretty sinful young man in my early 20s I wasn't sure I would be welcome in a church when I walked in the doors to those listening can you can you help them to understand how, as followers of Jesus, we need to love and reach out to those who may feel like a spiritual leper?
0: yeah, so I think sometimes we apply um, rules of discipleship to the ministry of evangelism, and we never even get close enough to lost people to touch them so this this is real evident in First Corinthians chapter five, and this is not new, nor um, like, nor is it a backbreaker for the church. It just, it just is the reality. Like, if the apostle Paul had to write to the church in Corinth about it, like, well, who started the church in Corinth must have been some guy who was really spiritually immature. His name was Paul. He wrote a bunch of books. So if the, so if the apostle Paul has to write to the church in Corinth to correct spiritual immaturity, we're all gonna live in churches that have spiritual immaturity. I, I promise you, like, if the apostle Paul on a scale of one to one hundred, is a one hundred. Like I'm a zero. So if Paul, if Paul couldn't perfectly disciple everyone in his church, I don't have like I don't have a chance. So I find so much comfort in the epistles of Paul dealing with discipleship issues because it gives me hope when I deal with discipleship issues that I'm not the problem, but that that we have a very real enemy and discipleship is hard. So First Corinthians chapter five, the Apostle Paul is talking about a letter that he had written to the church at Corinth that's been lost. If we were to number it scripturally, it would be like the zero letter because 1 Corinthians mentions it, but it's not in our Bible. So really 1 Corinthians was the second letter because Paul said in my previous letter, I told you not to associate with people who are sexually immoral. Um, The church at Corinth had taken that, don't associate with somebody who's sexually immoral and they quit hanging out with anyone in their city that didn't practice biblical sexuality. And Paul went on to explain in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, what I meant by that was people in the church, people that you're discipling who are calling themselves Christians, who are trying to follow Jesus, who won't walk away from sin, you're going to have to walk away from them so they'll choose. Like you're going to, in discipleship, you have to lean into people and break off fellowship with people who call themselves Christians, but they live like lost people. But Paul said, I didn't mean stop associating with lost people who are sexually immoral. If the church does that, how will they ever hear about Jesus? And and, and when I say we often apply the rules of discipleship to the ministry of evangelism, we think, like, man, people shouldn't act like person X in church. <laughs> All right, agree. So I will, I will not ever spend time with person X was like, okay, but if person X is not in the church yet, they are actually our mission field. And I think a lot of Christians, a lot of followers of Jesus sometimes could be correctly labeled as people who will go to the ends of the earth to reach people who don't know Jesus, but they will not go across the street if their neighbor is a sinner because they're offended at their neighbor's sin. Like we'll go to, we'll go to like tribal India in Africa. Like where they're doing, where they're doing things as a part of culture that like we, we wouldn't even watch on a television screen. We'll, we'll go witness. We'll go witness to people in tribal parts of India and Africa and South America, um, tribal chiefs and unreached people groups that have 20, 30 wives because we believe in evangelism. But when our neighbor who's a lost guy, Cheats on his wife. Like, he's out. Like, never gonna minister to that guy. He's a scumbag. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. We, we have to understand ministry of discipleship versus ministry of evangelism. When I'm discipling someone and walking with them, I'm leading them away from sin, or I'm having to walk away from them as I walk with you. I love them, but I can't live in relationship with a Christian who continues to live in sin. But I can love and live in relationship with the spiritual lepers of the world who don't know Jesus yet. They may reject him, but it won't be because I've not loved
1: them well. I think that's the thought that we, that we have to carry through life. Great uh, differentiation that I hope you will uh, maybe listen to this again to maybe check yourself, see how you're doing as uh, a listener. I've got to do the same and think through the same lens of am I loving on people who don't know Christ and, and how is that different than those that do? Uh, the next question, Pastor Christian, the G- uh, Jesus discipleship track, one of our four tracks that, again, is designed to help people know, love, and walk with Jesus daily. You share a statement toward the end of the message, and you say this: you, you say a testimony. The first, uh, the first thing people will do when they hear about our faith is watch our actions. For those who are maybe new and learning to follow Jesus, why why is this so important? Oh man! I hate
0: the way you phrase that question because it 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 makes it harder than I intended it to sound and it and it can make a new Christian think I have to prove to my friends that i 'm a follower of jesus which which isn't uh, is not what i'm is not what I meant but i i underst- I understand how how that can sound so Jesus heals this leper, but then he says, "Go show yourself to the priest as a testimony of, of what 's happened." And I think it was twofold. One, show the religious leaders that God's moving through my ministry. So I think that was part of the testimony. But I think the other part of the testimony was this. Show the religious leaders that you're willing to try to be obedient. You're like, you're willing to try to do what God's word tells you to do. And I, I think one of, one of the things that will show your faith to your friends the most is this spirit and acknowledgement of surrender. So maybe it's the spirit of surrender, the willingness to obedience, maybe even more than it is the perfection of life. Because as a new Christian, you're going to mess up probably more than you succeed. But if your friends see you trying to succeed, if they believe you have a new direction in life and a new savior in life and a new mindset towards life and a new perspective on how you used to live and now how you want to live, they'll understand you've had a change of heart. And the only people that can really change hearts is God. So I think, yeah, when when people hear I mean, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to go to youth camp. We're going to have kids who give their life to Jesus. And then we're going to immediately over the next 90 days, we're going to watch and see what the fruit looks like, and was it an emotional decision that that kind of fell on rocky soil, had no roots, sprung up, maybe was real, maybe maybe not, or did it really take root? And is there some fruit that shows? While this person is not perfect, they're different, and their motivation is different, and their surrender is different, and their perspective is different. I, I think all of those things are really important. And the fact that Jesus told the leper, "Go show people that you're serious." about trying to obey, uh, spiritually. I, I just, I just think is, is huge. And another thing that we learn, which is so good is, is Jesus is the one who gives us the spirit to help us obey. So when you have the spirit of God in you, you want to obey. So people who say, Oh, I, you know, I love Jesus. I just don't want to obey everything he has. I, I think it's fair to question how much room the Holy Spirit has in your heart when you don't want to obey or are unwilling to obey because Jesus said the spirit I put in you, cries out, Abba, Father. Like, the Spirit I put in you wants to obey. So if you if you have no desire to obey, that may be a testimony that you don't really belong to Jesus yet. Uh, if you have a spirit to obey, but you're really struggling, that, that spirit keeps crying, like, Daddy, help. Uh, Lord, help me. And that's a real good testimony that the Spirit of God is is working in your heart. A lot of work to do, but is working
1: in your heart. I think you answered that exactly how I a newer believer or even someone who's been a while but struggles to walk. Yeah. So thanks for uh, recovering that question. <laughs> uh, the fourth track, uh, as we've talked about, is the leadership track, really where we're focused on helping people know how to uh, disciple, right? We want to help uh, people take what they've learned and, and uh, share it with somebody else. Right. So toward the end of your message, you reference a phrase that you've been saying the last several weeks, And you added to it this week. And that phrase was, become like me, behave like me, believe like me. This week you added, get to know me. How how could people utilize this in discipling others? Yeah, I would say this whole message, I think the discipleship action steps of this message
0: are really two. Who's your leper? Who's your savior? I mean, I really think it's that simple. Who's your leper? Who's your savior? who Who's the person... Who would like to be on the inside of the spiritual circle, but who's on the outside because they think they don't belong? Go touch them. Go reach out, put your arm around their neck, invite them in. Who's your leper? And then who, and then when I say who's your savior, you know, just like we heard the apostle Peter in last week's message describe Jesus as his rescuer, if your savior is Jesus, you have, you have to follow him and you have to know him and you really can't know him unless you spend time with him. So we talked about Romans 10, 17, that you say, I want to grow in faith. I'm, I'm coming to this series because I need lessons in faith. Paul in Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I want to grow in my faith. You have to spend time with the word of God. His name is Jesus. Jesus says in the book of John that those who follow me abide in me, remain in me, spend time with me. So when I say, who's your leper? I'm saying, who's, who's the person standing on the edge whose heart wants to be in? They're just not sure if they're invited, invite them in. And when I say, who's your savior? I'm saying, how are you spending time with Jesus so that you can hear his word so you can grow your faith? so you can be in his word, so you can stay close to him. I think those are the discipleship walk away. Who's your leper? Go reach him. Who's your savior? Stay near him.
1: Those two things in helping other people walk with Jesus would be huge. So for our listeners, be thinking, who is, who is it you're pouring into? Who is it you have in mind? Um, be praying about it. You may not have someone at the moment, but God'll, god lead you. He'll, he'll allow you to yeah, have influence.
0: And Ryan, for those people who, are, cause we, we've, we've kind of modified the podcast the past few weeks to ask, we always end with this question. How would you use this message, this podcast to help somebody else? So everyone listening to this podcast should have somebody they're pouring into spiritually. Let us help you disciple people. Here's how to do that. Every week you listen to the message. Send them the message. And say, hey, listen to this. I listen to this. Let's talk about it. Every week you listen to this podcast, ask them. Listen to the podcast. Let's talk about it. And then do the the, the thing we discuss in the last question every week. Do it. The, to the one person in your life. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Sit down and ask them. Who is your leper? Go invite somebody in. If Jesus is your Savior, how are you staying close to Him? Just... We are giving you simple, simple resources. Share them with people while you share your life with people. Intentionally direct people towards Jesus. And I promise promise you, you can be a disciple who makes disciples.
1: Amen. Pastor Christian, thanks for your input today and sharing with us on the podcast. Thank you, our listeners. We're glad you're here with us. If you're new, welcome. Uh, We really do hope you'll uh, come back uh, every week. Share it with someone. Uh, Find ways to activate your faith. If you're here in town, we'd always love to see you in person at one of our services on the weekend. We'd love to hear how God's working in your life. Or if you have a question you can ask us, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active
0: thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the
1: Activate Podcast.